Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Here on my podcast, we interview the coolest people who are doing cool things as entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business leaders, and just people who have that entrepreneurial spirit. Today, I'm excited because with us is Beth Zeesness, and she is your nerdy best friend. She calls herself the chick you call when you need to know, is there an app for that? She's an author, a speaker, and a nerd. Beth, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Really glad that you're here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your business? So I am very fortunate that I get to nerd for a living. I've made a verb out of it, and that is so much fun. I nerd, I you nerd, we nerd. sharing tech tools with people all over the country in my books and in presentations. That's fantastic. So it's I nerd, you nerd, we nerd. It's all, it's all a verb. It's totally a verb. So tell us a little bit about what you did before you were working for yourself and you became sort of this solo solopreneur, you know, queen of nerdiness. I have had so many different careers from uh, I ran a bed and breakfast. I was an instructor at community colleges. I was in the Peace Corps. I just did all kinds of things. But immediately before I became an entrepreneur, I was working for a company that did conference recordings. So I traveled around and helped acquired clients who wanted their conferences recorded. And I just got tired of being a salesperson. So um, I quit my job, kind of a huff. I mean, I literally just was on the phone and I was like, I can't do this anymore. How many people dream of that? I mean, think about it out there. There's so (laughs) many people who wish they could just say, I can't do it and walk out the door. And you did it. Uh, I did it. I'm very fortunate that at the time, especially I had only myself to (laughs) who would starve to death. And frankly, I could use a, a little starving every once in a while, lose a few pounds. So I was very fortunate that I had the freedom to do that. I know a lot of people who listen to your show probably have a lot more responsibilities than I did at the time, but oh. I just did it. When I when I started my, my own career going down my own path, it was because of a layoff, but I had a wife and two young children and my wife had a part-time job. So it was very scary. I, I fully get what you're saying. It would have you know, been a whole different path if it was just me. So there I was, I had quit in a huff kind of yelling at my boss, hung up the phone and said, oh dear. (laughs) And I said, I have to do a resume. So I sat down to do a resume and I was like, resumes are really hard. I think I'm not going to do a resume. Instead, I'm going to start my own writing business and be a freelance writer. I mean, literally, I didn't want to (laughs) do a resume. So I started my own business. Well, that, that saved you from having to write a resume. Resumes are hard. And you've probably never written one since, have you? I have not. Uh, I helped a few people with theirs, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I could. I'm kind of unhirable now anyway. So that's so funny because the, the gentleman who hosts the podcast, The Solopreneur Hour, Michael O'Neill, his tagline is proudly unemployable. And so many people who work for themselves say they could never go back and work for anybody else. Well, you get to be kind of weird. When you're an entrepreneur, I think you keep your own hours, you're kind of always in the job, you're maybe working from home with no pants. These are not things that other employers would look for in an employee. Just for the record, I am wearing pants right now. 
I refuse to comment on that from this end, <laughs> well, just for the record. I'll tell you, I actually believe if I ever took a job working for a company again, and, and I don't think that I will, but if I ever took a job working for somebody, I actually have the opposite belief about myself. I think I would be the best employee ever because I've <laughs> now seen what it takes to run the business. Well, I, uh, I actually am fibbing a little bit because when I decided to change from being a freelance writer to being a full-time author and speaker, I was scared that I would never work again, like that nobody would ever hire me and and that it wouldn't work. So I actually took a part-time job at a charity that I was very involved with, and um, so I was a coordinator for a run team, and I was in an office, and oh my gosh, meetings fascinated me. I'm like, we, we're going to go sit in this room and with notepads and listen to each other talk? Let's do that. <laughs> so for about six months, when I went from my freelance from my freelance entrepreneur project to being a full-time author and speaker, I had a part-time little job. And some friends actually hired me, people I had known because I was working with this charity for a long time. And so I didn't have to do a resume, but I was fascinated with that. That and the donuts in the break room. Oh my gosh, I miss that stuff sometimes. Free donuts, always a good thing. But but I, I will tell you, I think that's a smart thing for people who are launching their own businesses. You know, you still have to feed the cat and pay the bills. So there is something to be said for working part time while while you're launching your business. It was really fun because as an entrepreneur, you know too that all of a sudden every single dollar you get comes from you. You could have an off day at work when you work for somebody else and kind of phase out and not really get anything done. Call it but in, But as right. an entrepreneur, uh, if you do that, you don't get paid. That's right. And and there's no calling it in because if you call it in, <laughs> you know, your clients get, get wind of that. They don't hire you again. They don't refer you. So you've always got to have it switched on. So I remember this one day, uh, I wrote a blog post about it. I there was a homeless person and sometimes I have the guilt and I uh, give him a couple dollars and I thought about those dollars that I was giving him and I said to myself, I have earned every one of those dollars. I have earned them. I worked my, I was conscious. I made a living. I made that money versus some jobs I've had and some positions I've held where you dial it in. You show up. Not always, but there are times when when you have a job where, you know, sometimes you just kind of aren't all there. But I remember thinking I earned and I was all there for every penny that I just gave that guy. So, and I was proud of that. So for how many years now has it been that you've worked for yourself? How long have you been doing this? Well, my temper tantrum and quit was 2007. Right after I ran my first marathon, it kind of empowered me to say, you know what, if I can run a marathon... I could certainly make myself happier at work. <laughs> God love you. I don't think I've ever run more than about three to five miles. So if you did if you did a marathon, you're a stud. Hey, I did six. So I'm a six-time wow. stud. Good for you. Good for but you. But I'm retired now. So, so you decided seven years ago that you could go down this path. So now that you've been doing it for, you know, over half a decade, what do you absolutely love about the entrepreneurial life? What do I love about the entrepreneurial life? I love that I can constantly grow. I love that every 
every decision I make is a decision I made. It is something that I am taking to the next step. I read something uh, the other day with, um, and I'm cheating because I'm quoting somebody else without really knowing who I'm quoting. Nobody ever climbed Mount Everest by accident. (laughs) I've heard that before. I don't remember who said it, but I do love that line. Exactly. And I'm like, I am making steps. I do not just have a job. I have my life that I'm in control of, this part of it. So you love that. Is there any part of the entrepreneurial life that you go, uh, that you don't love as much? It's the exact same answer, Tom. It is that I'm in charge of every decision. I'm in charge of every mistake. I'm in charge of every success. I, as an entrepreneur, when you're sitting here by yourself and you're going, what should I be doing? What am I not doing? Why is this hard? Why, how, you know, you get all these ideas from your associations and and people who matter to you, um, like yourself. uh, And you're like, oh, I could do that. I could do that. But which is right? And, And you don't have that bounce off someone. You also don't have that leadership. It all comes from inside. And sometimes the leadership is tough. And it is hard, especially when you're a solopreneur, because you don't have those people to bounce it it off. I mean, I don't know if your husband is, is actively involved in your business, but I know for a lot of my peers who work for themselves, their spouses are supportive, but they're not there day to day to bounce the ideas off. So it does sort of make you lonely, I guess. It, it is lonely. Uh, my husband, DJ, and I, he's a solopreneur as well, or he runs his own law firm, and he he absolutely stays out of my strategic decisions, even though I would love for him sometimes to just step in and say, you should do this and have a brilliant idea. He doesn't because it has to be me. It has to be my own decisions. It has to be what I need to have happen. Even if I don't really know what that is, he is supportive. He's actually my accountant um, and stays, you know, out of the decision making and lets me make my own path. That's great. So I know that, you know, one of the things, I, advice that I give to people about entrepreneurship or solopreneurship or, or anything is having a supportive spouse is a really important key, but the level of their involvement depends on your relationship. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. So I've seen I had some- a practice husband and we ran that bed and breakfast together. <laughs> a practice husband. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that didn't go so well, really. I wouldn't recommend it, you know, especially if you kind of don't like the guy. I would not <laughs> uh, partner up in those kind of things. But um, having the respect, I have to give DJ props. Um, like I said, he, he runs his own law firm and, and uh, he is fairly established. So when I... When I took that other job and when I jumped off the cliff from being a freelance writer to being a speaker, he said, think of yourself as a woman of leisure, that you can, you have the time and the ability to make mistakes and do what you want to do and take this the way you want to go. And if it works out, fine. If you need to change in a year, fine. So I'm one of the lucky ones. Yeah, that is that is good. Of course, the other piece of that is is that he DJ is really lucky too because he's married to his nerdy best friend, and most lawyers are really really in trouble when it comes to technology. So this seems to be the best of both worlds. He he supports you and lets you go do what you have to do to be successful, and at the same time, I bet he doesn't go without his tech questions being answered at home. <laughs> you know, 
the sexiest thing he ever said to me was, I'm going to use Jing to capture that screencast and put it up on Dropbox to share with my colleagues. <laughs> I mean, this just makes a, a nerd's heart warm. <laughs> so he's a good student, too. No, he's not. But he's adorable and has other um, has other characteristics that I really enjoy. That's hysterical. So if somebody wanted to become an entrepreneur, they wanted to go and take this leap. They wanted, you know, they're they're frustrated at work. They're, they they want to call their boss and have that conversation like you did where you say goodbye. Uh, what advice would you give to them? Where should they start? The, the trick is that there is no trick. This is just work. It's a decision, then it's work. And it's not magic. It's not easy. It's not one path. It's work. You have to say, I am going to open my own business. And then you have to do the research and figure out, you know, how other people have opened their own businesses in those lines and just work. I agree. I mean, it is every day. I always say that my business should be called Sisyphus because every day I wake up and that rock is at the bottom of the hill and I push that rock to the top of the hill and I wake up the next morning and that rock's at the bottom of the hill. I feel like I'm I'm being I'm being tortured in some ancient, uh, you know, in some ancient parable. Well, uh, I I think, though, there are different stages because um and different ways to look at it. I think that's an interesting way to look at it. And I actually have been following you and, and you mentioned something about being a salesman first, always the other day. And I thought that was an interesting perspective because I think if you're doing what you love and you're doing it well, that the world will come to you, that, that your breakthroughs will happen without necessarily you having to be pained in some of those other areas. And I, maybe I'm just fortunate in that, that, um, that I do what I absolutely love. I would do this if nobody listened, Tom, well, I feel the I same way do this and, and just, I love it. Well, and for this podcast, nobody may be listening because this is like our fifth or sixth interview. So you are you are early to the game. So, so you're talking right now and, and we don't know if we have listeners, but hopefully we will because, uh, that's the whole thing is I'm having fun interviewing the people that I'm interviewing, and I believe I, I would do it if nobody was, was, was listening. And I'm learning so much from the people who I'm interviewing that this is actually kind of a cool addition to my business. But, but when I say I'm being tortured pushing the, the rock up the hill, I guess torture is, a, is, a, is the wrong choice of words because I really am having a great time every day. But I am a salesman first, and I believe that the oldest profession is sales. And if, if you don't like to sell – entrepreneurship is going to be hard because even if they beat their way to your door, you still have to find a way to be able to position yourself to meet the the needs that they have. And so I always tell everybody that sales is an important part of entrepreneurship. And if you're starting a business that's going to have a lot of employees, you can hire salespeople. You don't have to have that skill yourself. But if you're going to be a solopreneur, you've got to figure out all the skills. I mean, you've got to figure out basic accounting. You've got to figure out basic computer skills. And sales is just one of those things I think is a necessity. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree with you there. I had a fantastic guidebook when I started out as a freelance writer, and it's called The Well-Fed Writer by Peter Bowerman, and I recommend it for solopreneurs, period, because that book puts so many things in perspective about how to build a small business in your own business, and I used it for a guidebook. I mean, he, he said, 
make these postcards, send them to these people, and keep sending. And I did. He said, um, go put your business cards in post office bulletin boards. And I did. And all of a sudden, all these little things that I was doing, uh, all of them put together started getting me gigs or writing engagements. And um, I was fortunate enough that once I got them, people kept hiring me. So sales was very important. But I I think when I, um, I mentioned that once you make the decision, it's all about work. And to me, work is listening to podcasts like this, doing your research, finding out what other people have done, done right and done wrong, and then finding your own way based on some paths that other people have shared. Yeah, no, I think that's right. If we if we go forth and try to invent the wheel ourselves, no matter what industry we're in, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of bumps in the road, and that's why if you can learn from others, it's going to make it a lot easier. So, what are some what is something that you see? A question I love to ask on this podcast is what's something you see some other entrepreneur doing, not yourself, not your company, that you find cool? Because it's really easy in you know our world of being the product i mean you and i what we do for a living you know we sort of are the product it's really easy to talk about yourself and the newest thing you're doing but i really like it when people tell me what other people are doing so what's something cool that you see somebody that's not you doing out there in the world of entrepreneurship that's a very good question and when i think about things that i would like to do that's kind of a different answer because i have a very specific market but i think the bigger picture about what I see that entrepreneurs are doing is thinking, having clear thinking times. I've never written a strategic plan, um, and I've seen and and understood that business plans and strategic plans are sometimes something you you don't really follow, but you do. <laughs> you know, you you create because you think you need one, but you don't necessarily follow. But I. I think going along with that and making a plan is carving out real thinking time. And because we get so busy and it's always so this and that, and we try this and we try that. And I, I miss thinking time and I'm, uh, I admire those people who make it a part of their business plan. Well, I think that's really good because I don't think I take enough time to do that either. I mean, I'm, I'm always busy. There's always something to do. There's always another client to call. And I'm not the type of person who does really well, like sitting alone on a beach. But, I know. <laughs> but when I do that, and every now and then I do, because I'm either overwhelmed or I just have free time and no work in front of me, I do find I come up with some good ideas or at least some fresh perspectives. So I think that's really good uh, that you've noticed that. And what I always tell people when they answer the question, what's great is when you take a time to look and see what are other people doing, you can sometimes get an idea that you can go, oh, I can do that. And so... You know, your suggestion of watching people who think, I mean, that sort of triggered me thinking, God, I got to do more of that. Yes, I I absolutely think that that's essential. I was a housekeeper several in several national parks when I was in college. I would go away to the national parks and live there and be a housekeeper. And making beds and cleaning a room was the best time to think. I thought of so many things. I was a writer and I would think of, you know, I would kind of write in my head. Now, did all of those things come to fruition? Absolutely not. But you were doing something that didn't require a lot of thought, so your brain was able to think about higher things. And I, um, not that I want to be a housekeeper again. Looking around my house, it's obviously, it's obvious that I'm not. But 
having those kind of epiphanies while you're doing other things, even if you're driving. Sometimes when I'm commuting somewhere, uh, it's kind of the same thing because my mind can wander rather than just focusing on, oh, the computer's in front of me. Oh, the phone's ringing and that kind of thing. Well, one thing to do if you do take that thinking time either on purpose or by accident is keep a notepad with you. Or what I do is I call my own voicemail and leave a message because otherwise I come up with these ideas and I think, oh, I could tweak my presentation this way or my marketing. Here's a great idea for a postcard or whatever comes to mind. And then two days later, I'm like, I was driving and I was thinking and there was something I could have done. And for the life of me, I can't pull it out. So when you do take that thinking time, it's good to write it on a sticky note or, or send yourself an email or something so that you can remember what that idea was. That's a, that's a brilliant idea because um, I'm bad at that. I get this revelation. Like this morning, I got a revelation about um, I was watching. No, it was last night in the bathtub. I was watching uh, Hulu and Hulu has commercials in it. In, even in their pro version, and they're 45 seconds or 15 seconds. And I thought, how could I make a 15-second co- commercial? And then I thought, I, it's not a commercial. It's a secret nerd weapon. So I do a little video, and I'm like, I hold up my phone. I'm like, hey, psst, you want to hear a secret nerd weapon? Here's what I use for my ca- calendar on my phone. Blah, 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 blah. That's it. That's a good and idea. The 15-second commercial is something that is a huge trend, and I just thought, how can I do that? But that's something that happened while I was in the bathtub, actually watching Hulu. Uh, The voice is good in the bathtub because it reverberates. It's a wonderful show in the bathtub. So that's good, that, but but you remembered it the next day. So did you write it down, or did you leap out of the tub all wet and like write it on the mirror? Uh, no, but I told my husband who promptly forgets. So I, my point is, is that I need to implement your strategy of writing these things down Gotcha. because, uh, they're smart and I forget them. So Beth, I know that you have a really big heart and you're a really good person. And so I want to know, how do you give back to the greater good? Because that's another thing. In addition to sometimes being an entrepreneur or solopreneur, we can get very focused, you know, on ourselves when it comes to what we talk about, but Another thing we can do is we can get caught up on ourselves and where all the money's going or the time or the good vibes and support that we send. So, so what do you do back? What do you do to give back? This is a, I think Tom, I shared with you that my mom died of cancer in April and cancer sucks, sucks so bad. I lost my mom when I was 18 to cancer. So it does suck. I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that. And it's so not fair. So, uh, my husband and I actually met through a uh, cancer charity. We met at a bar, but it was a uh, fundraiser for it. And there's so there's a the, there's a joke in there somewhere, but we're talking <laughs> about cancer, so I won't make a joke. You know uh, what he tells people where we met? He says we met in the men's room of a bar. Oh well, that's fascinating. That doesn't that uh, open up all kinds of questions. <laughs> so, so before you go on with your story, I met my wife in a bar too. And she tells people we met in a microbrewery because it doesn't sound as bad. <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't sound. Yeah, it sounds a little bit better. But we we met in the men's room of a bar. So we didn't, frankly. Um, but that's what he tells people. Uh, so we got together because of this charity. And we it's always been a part of who we are. I've run six marathons with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and a lot of other events. My husband is now engaged in 
three different uh, half marathons that he signed up for, again, with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Um, so that's always a part of what I do. My book, we decided we would donate 10% of the uh, net to Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And then um, it's just something I, I thought of the other day. I think it was in the bathtub um, that I would do a webinar and charge maybe $99 for it and it would be an exclusive webinar and every penny would go to charity and then everybody would get a book or something like that and always trying to you know wrap see how we can give back to both the people who like to hear about free tools and charity gosh that is so wonderful and and clearly your your best ideas come in the bathtub I'm thinking I'm gonna have to switch from showers to baths because you seem to come up with a lot of ideas well, I have a whole section of my book called Bathtub Apps. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Not kidding. So how can people find out about your book and Bathtub Apps, and how can they find out more about your nerdy best friend, Beth? Believe it or not, my site is called yournerdybestfriend.com. God, that's really cool. Did you come up with that idea in the bathtub too? That's a good one. Uh, well, actually, uh, a fellow from our association, the National Speakers Association, one of my mentors there uh, kept... I kept trying to come up with a title and stuff, and he kept saying, you're not, you're just trying too hard. It's going to come to you. What is real is going to come to you. And one day I'm like, I was talking to him and I said, you know, I'm, I'm just like everybody's nerdy best friend. And ding, there it was. So um, that was that was how the name come out, came out. But it's yournerdybestfriend.com. That's pretty much how you can reach me. That's fantastic. Beth, thank you so much for being a guest here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I'm having a great time kind of launching this podcast and trying to find my voice and learning about the, the people that I get to interview and sharing it with the people who are tuning in to listen. So for those of you who are listening, I hope you'll tune in again for another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Go out there today and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.